Jesse here. I just wanted to give you guys a quick warning that this episode, albeit not very serious, does contain many boring topics for some of you people. Um, if you don't enjoy talking about credit cards, taxes, or retirement accounts, this might not be the episode for you. But also keep in mind, this is not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. And please don't sue us if we made a mistake. <laughs> quite similar to the way it did a couple nights ago when we were recording the last episode. Uh, it's probably an hour or so later, um, so there's not quite as much color in the sky. It's pretty much just blue. Um, there's a few very thin, dark clouds. Uh, the lights have already come on, on the street lights. Um, the building is getting a little harder to see when it comes to the colors because we still are still figure we go ahead and record a few more episodes while we're here in <laughs> Roxby Downs, Australia. <laughs> So I'm Jesse. And I'm Natalie. And we are here tonight with a very boring episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I love the topic. <laughs> but a lot of people don't. Uh, we're here to talk about finances. Yes, the uh, the big question about uh, how does money compare to Australia from the US? Which I think is like this this episode is going to cover a, a pretty broad range of topics, I yeah. feel like, um, because there are some interesting differences between the two systems that could end up splitting into a different episode. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but if you hate math, <laughs> uh, that's okay. You probably could still find some stuff that's interesting. If you hate talking about money in general... <laughs> um, maybe skip this episode <laughs> i don't want yeah. you to suffer through it and like i said there there should still be some funny things and i i think it's interesting but it is topics like credit cards and taxes and things like that so it's just i don't know a way for us to co kind of compare what we've run across mm -hmm. here and we're going to continue to learn about a lot of this because as backpackers we end up with like really specific things that affect us mm -hmm. that like a normal australian citizen doesn't necessarily yeah. run across so it'll be it'll be kind of interesting yeah. as we come and go yeah essentially because we exist outside the system we have to see a lot more of the system than what an average australian would have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis just yeah. because the process is pretty seamless here for most people who are mm -hmm. like from australia and we just have to do it so fast yeah I think, like if you grow up here i feel like half the time you it's like one thing to do every like 10 years <laughs> and here here we are speed running trying yeah. to be a stable financial adult yeah i mean you're dealing with like retirement accounts and bank accounts oh and like you know licenses and yeah. all of that within the first like month that you're here a lot of the time yeah so, so i guess a lot of this is talking about just how to even do your initial setup once you get here. And yeah. I know we have a completely different topic that we want to talk about later about some of the stuff that we prepared for to mm -hmm. get to Australia. So we'll talk about that at a different time. Yeah. But this is a lot of this is like, how, how did we end up getting set up 
once we got here mm -hmm. and how like what are the things that we've observed between australia and the u.s yeah in so that, in that way so yeah if you if you plan on traveling abroad and thinking about australia maybe this will be useful for you just to kind of have an idea of like what issues you might run across or what things you might need to prepare for um, like she said we'll go in more in depth on like specific preparations we took but this will be some of the financial stuff we did and i do apologize i'm a little bit uh not under the weather but i'm a little sniffly today so you may hear me really sniffing a lot because uh, <laughs> my allergies are kind of crazy from our job but i've got my coffee and i think we're ready to go um so let's jump in with debt i mean credit cards <laughs> sorry <laughs> wow really just come out swinging why don't you yeah so credit cards are definitely way different and by different maybe just non-existent yeah actually that seems to be a trend in australia um so for a lot of americans i feel like there are two standard reactions to credit <laughs> cards um I'll say three. There's a hidden third option. Uh, but the first one is credit cards of the devil never touch them, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't blame people for because the second reaction is usually, oh, this is free money. And then they get into debt, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, that is a tricky thing to pull out of. Um, and then the hidden third option is finances, specifically credit cards are a tool that I can use to essentially take advantage of people that want to take advantage of me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We we find ourselves continually trying to game the system, um, just yeah. in, in, this, in legal ways, legal, it's perfectly legal, <laughs> yeah. just like using, you know, intro offers and, you know, reward points yeah. and things like that. And, and just to like set the stage to compare the two, maybe we should talk a little bit about our perspective on U.S. credit cards and specifically how we use the system in the U.S. Yeah. So uh, I think by that you're probably talking about just like we specifically get travel cards, um, especially for something like this. There are plenty of options that aren't travel related, um, but we both have a Chase related card. Um, which is built for travel, which is like the preferred and mm -hmm. the reserved. Um, which do have fees associated with them, but if you're going on a huge trip like this, it really pays for itself very, yeah. very quite easily. And I think um, maybe just to talk about general philosophy, because I know a lot of people would not line up perfectly with our philosophy on credit cards. Um, like I said, a lot of people fall into either the first camp or the second camp, and I don't feel like either of us fall into either of those camps. Mm. We tend to be in the, the hidden secret third option. Um, and that's, that's because uh, we are blessed to have people in our lives and to be able to do the research to see healthy, healthy spending habits with credit. Mm. Um, not going to get on the soapbox for <laughs> super long. I, I promise. But I just want to set this up, especially for people who might be listening to this who are outside the U.S., because I think U.S. credit is pretty different from the way it works in other places. At least it, it is might in be. Australia. It definitely is different here. And I will say one thing that credit cards make a lot easier is because if you're traveling without one, then you pretty much have to have currency on hand. Yep. 
in order to exchange. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be sometimes difficult. It can, a lot of times it has a lot of fees associated with ATMs, especially if you fly into a, like a really touristy area. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those situations that credit cards really make like the initial get here much easier. Mm -hmm. But you, the biggest thing, the biggest thing with credit cards is just make sure you have the money to pay them off every month. Just pay them off. Just, you're done. Just pay them off. Yep. Get the points. Cause that's the thing with Chase specifically with the ones we have you get extra points for travel related things right. and things like that. So it's all about using whatever card. I know US Bank also has one, the, uh, I think it's their Go, US Bank Go card. Mm -hmm. It has no fees and you still get a few benefits mm -hmm. as well for travel. So that's a little too much on types of credit cards. Basically, we, we knew that we wanted to prioritize travel. So yeah. we got a credit card that fit that for us. We got, we get a lot of points for travel which we knew would help us take advantage of mm. the card to the point where the fees don't really matter. And there are no foreign transaction fees, which is like a huge thing for us because that is primarily how we're spending our money right now. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, and hopefully this is more interesting, we actually recently met someone that we're like the only person, people that she knows that have credit cards. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not really a thing here. And We've actually met several people and had a couple of different conversations on credit. Mm -hmm. And in Australia, at least, credit cards themselves are very... It seems like it is not a trend to be used often. Yeah. It doesn't seem very common, and which is nice because it probably keeps a lot of their population out of debt. Right. I think part of that may be the fact that they do have less of a population, and a lot of the bigger banks that provide that kind of thing just doesn't target them as much it's a lot easier to target the american population because there's a lot more people to get in debt true <laughs> um so i think that's part true. of it but yeah one of the things we've observed is there are very few like opening offers for credit yeah. cards for instance there there are no like you know you see those ads all the time of like oh join us and we'll give you like a 500 hundred dollar bonus thing if you spend this much money in a certain amount of months like yeah. that is a very standard thing in america for credit cards to offer those don't really exist here yeah haven't seen hardly any. I was able to find like a checking account offer, which I like to take advantage of in America, but it was super small and they're super rare. Yeah, and that like that, those opening offers are half of the reason why I know that your philosophy on it is, again, like take full advantage. So yeah. you have a lot of different credit accounts, but you don't use those cards specifically just so that you could just take advantage of the opening offer. Yeah. And so it, it, it seems like as an Australian, there really is no incentive to have a lot of credit cards yeah. or any credit cards, really. And it, from what little we know, you know, preface that with little, uh, they do definitely have like a credit system yes. and it's but in the similar way that like our credit scores go up through like credit cards and loans they also get loans and like it affects their credit right. and so all of that's in place but it is just interesting mm -hmm. to step back and be like huh you guys don't even really do credit cards because yeah. like it just it's kind of what we ran into mm -hmm. it doesn't seem very common i'm sure there are a ton of exceptions but from what we have seen, that yeah. is definitely the case. And I, I can't fully remember, but I think the next question out of my mouth when I was having that conversation with the person was, you know, how do you guys qualify for, like, do you have a credit score? And do you qualify, like, how do you qualify for mortgages and stuff like that if you don't have, like, a really well-established credit score? I'm trying to remember, because there 
was it like personal loans yeah. that were more common than anything else? Loans are a big one, and I mean it's the same way in America too. Like you can do certain loans uh, to increase your credit score, but that is the I think that's the big one for him for them here. And to be fair, we still haven't talked to a ton of people, so there's probably a lot more that we're missing on that. True. But loans were definitely one of them that affects their score and it may be that the score just doesn't hold quite as much weight here true it, um, may, it may be that banks are more willing to take risks on people mm -hmm. that don't necessarily have like a huge history of credit yeah. um but again a lot of this is speculative <laughs> we need to start doing like hours of in-depth research before we just sit down just <laughs> interview people well not just that like do like internet research because yeah. a lot of this is just again anecdotal like yeah. our own experiences and conversations that we've had of noticing patterns i will say one tip for anybody that's traveling that chooses to use credit cards that can be problematic um if you choose to transfer a large portion of your money from whatever U.S. bank that you have to whatever Australian bank that you have, there first of all, there are ways to do that. There's different apps and things. Mm -hmm. um, but if you do that, you need to be able to pay your credit card off through a U.S. bank. Yep. So don't transfer all of your money. <laughs> that will be a problem. Yeah, because you, you'll just have to transfer it right back, and then you've eaten up money for fees and stuff yeah. that you didn't need to. Yeah, banks are still, it's getting friendlier, but it's still not a super friendly process yeah. for transferring money internationally. You get hit with a lot of fees. Yep. So. Even the for less the ones you can that are do. like really good, because I think yeah. we used we used Wise, didn't we? Yeah, TransferWise Transfer is the app Wise. we ended up using. Very uh, smooth, uh, very nice. Not sponsored, but um, <laughs> uh, man, I wish. Uh, it 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 was probably the cheapest option that we saw out yeah. of most things. Um, and I know that there are a lot of like more well known options out there, but one of the reasons why they're like expensive is because they're well known yeah so. it's it's definitely it depends what you're trying to do depends how much you're trying to transfer yep. every one of them has different benefits but transfer wise definitely for us it worked super smoothly and it was kind of like the easiest route yeah, for us to go nice. but anyway enough about credit cards <laughs> uh basically summation of that was credit cards in u.s dangerous but could be great if used <laughs> properly because credit card companies like to trap people into doing stuff um, and they give you money for it <laughs> uh, in Australia credit cards almost non-existent as far as we can tell yeah. and this so the next topic I w we weren't going to go in this order but I think it actually transitions a little better than I was expecting the banks in Australia mm -hmm. um, so like I said you trans for us what we had to do is we had to get here we got to Sydney within the first few days we were in a bank and we were basically like, Let, can we open up a bank account? We had, I tried to do it before I came to Australia. I think there is a way, but I struggled to find any way to do it online. Yeah. So I went ahead, we, when we got here, we started opening bank accounts. It takes a little bit for like the debit card and everything to come in. So it's one of those things that like you want to try to be in an area for a little while. Yep. But once you have that bank account, you can transfer the money right over, mm -hmm. uh, just like we said. But I think the the fun thing that we just discovered recently is how their like overdraft system works yeah. and i think you might want to explain that so overdrafting in america for those who might not know or haven't really messed around and found out <laughs> um, uh is kind of really terrible because if you hit zero in your bank account if you happen to have a charge that makes you hit zero in your bank account um 
the a lot of the times the bank will just put you in the negatives and then they'll hit you with another fee on top of that because you've gone into the negatives yeah which just puts you further in the hole and it's awful especially if your bank charges you service fees mm. for having a certain like not not enough money in your account basically yeah. like like chase has a limit of i think 1500 yeah it's not even a it's not even that low it's just yeah, no, like <laughs> it's just they like charging you service fees when yeah. you're underneath a certain amount so um once you go under that amount they charge you service fees and sometimes you'll only have like eleven dollars left in the bank they charge you that twelve dollar service fee overdraw you and then hit you again with another fee and suddenly you're thirty dollars in debt even though you had money in the first place which just more transparency and might as well keep giving tips to people um just based on our experience with chase and how their fee structure works and also with other banks the bank that I think at this point we both prefer so far is Ally Bank, mm -hmm. which is fully online, which is useful in the for traveling because there is no way you're ever making it to a physical bank in America. So <laughs> it's actually good that they're set up to be fully online. Yeah, their customer support is better because they have to be good at customer mm -hmm. support online. And because they're an online bank, they're actually a high-yield savings as well. So it's one of those things that if you choose to leave money back in the U.S., you can benefit just by having it yeah. in there. The interest rate's insane right now with all the, like the inflation close and stuff. Close to 4%. Yeah, I it's think. insane. Um, um, which is really nice for American banks. Yeah. So, anyway, back to the overdrafting thing that you mentioned. Um, sorry, I took us on a bit of a sideways route there, <laughs> but I figured to give Ally a little shout out. Um, Again, not sponsored, but dang, <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the overdrafting here, it's wild because instead of it being all the responsibility being on the user, because it's like banks are almost trying to get you in America. Yeah. The banks here are like, oh, your account went to zero. It's all right, pal. I know this bill you only paid like part of. It's at zero. We're not going to take you into the negative. That bill still needs to be paid, but we'll wait. And then it just sits there at zero. Yeah. It just sits there. Nothing bad happens. And then all of a sudden, you get another paycheck, and you have money in there. Now, don't get me wrong. I can see where this could backfire, but then they're suddenly like, oh, you got money in your bank account again. Cool. This bill that you only paid half of, we're going to automatically take it out now and pay for the rest of the bill, <laughs> right. which is like, that could go bad. That could go bad. But the alternative in America is they take it out anyways, and then you owe more on top of it. So it's like, I'd rather have that, honestly. Yeah, it's... It's nice to see how automated it is. Yeah, to where it's, it's very like, smooth. Yeah, um, which we have not necessarily tested that aspect, so maybe it's not every bank. <laughs> um, but again, according to the one or two people that we've yep. spoken to about how the banking works here, that is what yep. happens. And, um, and also, on top of that, I described service fees to <laughs> somebody, and they went, what? Yeah. Like, that is a foreign concept to some people because apparently there are enough popular Australian banks that don't have any kinds of service fees. Yeah. And honestly, no, when we went into... Um, so we bank with Westpac in Australia. When we went to Westpac and we were opening up these accounts, one of the questions that we had was, do you guys have service fees? And I'm pretty sure they were confused when we asked that question. <laughs> they were like, what do you, what do you mean? And we were like, you know, just do you, if we keep our bank account under a certain amount do you charge us and they're like no <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about yeah it's, um, which just made me realize like maybe our systems don't have to work like that in order for the banks to turn a profit yeah and it's been i mean over the past 
it's really not even been that long. Over the past few years, like the American banking system has shifted pretty, pretty broadly to be much less fee structured mm-hmm. because you started getting competition from like Ally Bank, which has no fees, and then even in like trading stocks, it was like even when I was a kid. I know it's weird that I know about stocks when I was a kid, but it was like there. <laughs> That's w- a completely different story. <laughs> there was like a lot of trading fees. You had commission fees. Every time you made a trade, there was like a 7 or $8 fee associated. And that was just one way of hitting you with fees. Like there were other ways that some of them did. And then like companies like Robinhood and stuff came along where they took that free fee structure to like zero. And then other trading companies have had to follow suit. Yep. So it's, it's interesting to see like things are headed in a lot less fee direction, but that's literally just been within... Mm-hmm. like our lifetime which it is time. it is satisfying to know that there are some things that actually do follow like the rules of competition because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there are so many examples where that doesn't happen so i i like the fact that we're seeing like a shift in the positive because of the fact that they're like competing uh competing policies that help like drive down that cost yeah. and because I'm a financial nerd and just enjoy looking nerd. at stuff. And, I mean, the stingy hobo. There's a reason. Uh, yeah, stingy. I mean, yeah, they should have um, guessed at this point. <laughs> but I was looking at some of the historical interest rates in Australia. Just, you know, fun charts. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> nerd! <laughs> uh, and so, it is interesting that since COVID... Um, The interest rates, I think, from America and Australia have actually stayed pretty consistent. It seems like they've matched each other pretty well. And somebody may prove me totally wrong. Some of that's just from memory, paying attention to what the interest rates were Mm -hmm. in America at the time. Um, But, like, it seems like overall the trends have followed. Mm -hmm. Um, Historically, though, like, farther back from there, Australian interest rates tended to be much higher. To the point where, like, we're currently... Or I'm currently doing research to figure out how possible it is to just maintain an Australian bank account. (laughs) I just want to make sure it's legal, you know? Like, it might not be, and I may have to close it. But it's like, since I've been here and have an account, am I allowed to have it open? Because if the interest rate remains better, like, as long as the exchange rate doesn't get totally messed up, which, by the way, just for people who care, the right now... Um, it fluctuates quite a bit here and there within a few cents, but the Australian exchange rate is about 70 cents for every dollar. Um, no, yes, 70 cents for every dollar. Uh, give or take a little. Right now it is, I just Googled it, right now it is at exactly one Australian dollar equals 0.67 United States dollars. Yeah, so 67 cents. Um, yes. So, yeah, that is currently the exchange rate, and it fluctuates, I think, the lowest I saw it was like around 60 and the highest I've seen it's like probably 73, 74. 70, yeah. um, right now it seems to be holding pretty steady in like the mid to high 60s. Yeah, it seems to sit around there, especially even historically. So it's like, it's not a crazy thought to just like have it keeping interest, you know, yeah. if it's a legal thing. Especially since in, so that is just a standard Australian bank account that's getting that interest rate. That's not even a high yield savings account. Which is like that. I think that's a very interesting thing because I historically have banked with the wrong people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's easy to do. Hashtag Wells Fargo. <laughs> um, oh no! Now we're getting sued. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, their their interest rates, a lot of like traditional brick and mortar 
uh, banks have interest rates of like 0.01%, yeah. 0.05%. And Australian banks right now are sitting pretty at around 4%. Yeah. And that is a standard bank. So it's really interesting how like high yield, the high yield banks and the Australian banks are pretty similar. But when you look at just standard practice US banks, they're really ripping people off. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's unfortunate. It's one of those things that like, especially right now while interest rates are so high, it's if you just need your money in savings. Yeah. Like it, you will literally make just decent money off yeah. your money just having in savings. And most people just don't know. Like, yeah. and, it's, and it's nobody's fault. It's just like, you know, if you think every bank's the same, like you're not gonna go check out Ally Bank and right. all these others. So like, right. it's really easy detail to miss. And um, we apologize again for the financial soapbox that we're. This has just become a financial podcast, apparently, for this one episode, giving financial yeah. advice that nobody asked for. Nobody asked for. <laughs> I'm such a. I just like this stuff. Like, I, I think I've mentioned it before. I will literally every month sit down and calculate everything we've spent just to see just because i'm curious yeah. like i just enjoy it i have like in a, a google sheets that like yeah. has our totals and everything i'm just yeah that's me he has fun uh doing calculations in excel and mm -hmm. programming excel to do fun calculations for him which honestly i super respect because i wish i had that that level of depth in excel i can do some fun things but not that fun yeah mine mine still has some practice I, mean, I, I, it's, I used to be a little better I'm not that great yeah. anymore but it's fun so anyways <laughs> basically the long and short of it is this is kind of a passion that both of us have and that's why you're getting like <laughs> coerced into hearing us talk about it because a lot of this podcast is just a reflection of our our interests yeah so again if you don't want to listen you can click off but if you do want to listen come along with us yeah. while we keep talking about numbers yeah, because it really is, like, part of this experiment for us is how maintainable is it? Yep. Like, can you travel abroad, work, you know, for a smaller portion of the year while you're abroad, and pay for your trip? Like, is that doable? Do you have to break the bank every time you leave the country? Or can you really enjoy another country mm -hmm. and the people there and live off of what you've made throughout the year in America. Mm -hmm. um, and so far, it seems like it's possible, except for the fact that if you buy a car that will break down all the time, you might have to work longer than you <laughs> expected. Yeah, <laughs> but good thing is, as long as it breaks down in towns where there's work, there you're, you good go. to go. you're good um, to go. Which, by the way, life hack, if you're looking for work in Australia and you're having a hard time, go to a mining town in the outback. <laughs> uh, the, way, yeah. the way the mining towns work here is... Pretty much everybody is employed by the mine because the mine pays the best. But that means that there are businesses in town that have to operate and are usually pretty desperate for employees. Yeah. So you can be employed for like one, two, three, four weeks at a time, and they do not bat an eye. They're just happy to have somebody in. Yeah, because like the, just the flow in and flow out of people going into the mine and leaving is just – it's such a high rate that like there's a constant need for, for workers. And then two – I mean, even as a backpacker, you can get some of your qualifications to, to help out with some of the mine stuff, mm -hmm. and that's really where things pay better. Like, I was actually looking yeah. into that. We may even try to mess around mm -hmm. with some of the mine cleanups, yeah. but, yeah. That, that's a whole other adventure, though, because for a lot of mines, you have to do, like, a whole certification thing, and that mm -hmm. usually takes, like, a whole month, and so I, I can understand why some people 
don't necessarily go down that path. Yeah. But, but it allows you a lot of travel true. and like flexibility on when you want to be available. So there's a reason why a lot of people that have a vehicle actually try to take yep. take advantage of that. Makes sense. Well, Anyways, I, moving on. Yeah, I think we've pretty much beat banks and credit cards into the ground <laughs> at this point. Um, let's see. What should we do next? I guess taxes? Taxes may be a good way to to transfer into this. There's some people who are just having like heart attacks yeah. listening to this. I don't know about you, but I do absolutely have like anxiety associated <laughs> with finances. So some people are hearing the, these like trigger words and they're, yeah. they're just like shaking on the floor, rocking back and forth. We just got out of tax season. <laughs> yeah, Why are you bringing got... it back up? And my, like, mine didn't even go smooth because I had to have a guy do it for my last job. And it was one of those things that I had sent him all of my stuff. And I was like, all right, we're taken care of. He's, he's, he's got it. He'll he'll email me when he's done. I Natalie reminds me, she's like, you know, the tax day is a couple days away. I was like, I should probably check with him. <laughs> I email him, and he's like, you could tell he was just like, oh, yeah, my bad. He didn't say that, but that's definitely, like, he was not about yeah. to email me. He literally last minute started sending me all my numbers and there was things we had to correct and it was it was a disaster yeah. but there, there are some people who have had like more trips around the sun listening to this podcast <laughs> and going, ha ha you fool you should have known <laughs> always follow up with your tax accountant <laughs> basically so but that's kind of the point right is like american taxes are known and even in even here People know about like tax season. It's like a funny thing to them. They're yeah. like, "Is it really Is like it really that? that bad?" Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, it's worse. <laughs> it's like I, I never. I mean, I knew taxes were chaotic, but it's funny to me that an entire other country like knows the stereotype yep. and makes fun of yep. it. Yep. Because the way that taxes work here in Australia, at least for the majority of people, is everything is done automatically for them. Yeah. The, the the pipe dream that a lot of people have in America is the reality for a lot of uh, Australian citizens, where their jobs send in everything, the government does all the calculations, and they basically come back and say, hey, here's some money. Because the way that their tax system works is it's almost like they do hire withdrawals paycheck to paycheck just to, like, fully ensure <laughs> that by the end of everything and by the time tax season comes around, which isn't even a season, really. It's just a returns. They yeah. call it returns because nobody has to pay more to the government. They get money back pretty much every single time. People get like $5,000 back every year. So it's one of those things where a lot of people don't even mind the higher deductions from their paycheck because they know they're going to get it back at the end anyways. Yeah. And, okay, again, pause. Who knows if 5000 is the actual number? That may be excessive. It may not be. We've heard stories of people getting <laughs> stories of tales of people getting <laughs> excessive amounts back again it, everybody's different and i do yep. think one of the big because like i have a feeling an australian would hear this certain crowds would be like who's getting five thousand yeah. dollars back you know we like have not actually seen with our own two eyes an australian tax return that was five thousand dollars yeah but someone somewhere at the very least in an exaggerated fashion <laughs> has told us that they've gotten 5000 back on a tax return. Yeah, so who knows exactly, but I do think one thing that where it gets more complicated, which is the same way in America, is when it's like a business owner yeah. or like somebody that has employees Absolutely. and things like that. It, they, that starts resembling uh, a little bit more of like, okay, you have to pay attention to more. Mm -hmm. You have to, because like even with the, like the average employee, even though most of it's automated, 
the employer still has to make sure they send in the stuff and like but granted once that information's in it appears at least from the outside that most of it is automated like once the information's in and the money's paid like the government seems to take care of most of it now if you think there's a mistake i think sometimes you have to apply to be like i think i get money back and they send it but like for the most part it seems much smoother which is odd and now that you have your little rant yeah okay so (laughs) i'm gonna have my soapbox moment because there is a specific reason why that is and there are probably some people who are in the tax world that will argue with me on this and fair you probably know more than i do but the only reason that i can see that when i've done research on this that that people are like quoting the only reason why the u.s doesn't have a system like this it's not because we don't have the technology we absolutely do it's not because we don't have the information they have our social security numbers they absolutely have the information it's because there are specific companies that exist in america that make a living off of helping people file their taxes and those companies specifically TurboTax and h&r block yeah i'm gonna call them out go ahead sue me why not i'm tiny fish they don't even care but what regardless um TurboTax and h&r block it is like public record that they have tossed a lot of money at the government to make sure that our tax system stays complicated uh, because they, 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 their whole business is helping people file taxes. So, unfortunately, it seems like U.S. policy thus far has been influenced to maintain a, a structure that allows those systems to profit. But it puts a lot of stress and strain on the individual, like, taxpayer. Because it yeah. just, it's unnecessarily complex. Mm-hmm. So, that's my soapbox. I'm stepping back down. I wish that the U.S. could sacrifice some companies uh, to uh, to make it a little easier for their citizens. But that's a completely different talk. <laughs> and when you mentioned Social Security number, you actually made me think of something else. Um, just to add to the little checkbox of things you might need when oh, you come yeah. to Australia. They have something called a tax file number or a TFN number. Uh, so, instead of like Social Security... Uh, it's actually not all that hard to apply for. It just is helpful if you have some sort of address um, in Australia, which means like just kind of wherever you are at the time, so that they can send you a letter saying what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, for some reason, have to leave the area that you're in, you can actually call in to them, and w- once you've applied, and you can get your tax file number over the phone, but they prefer you don't do that. So it's one of those things, if you're going to be in an area, I think within like a week or two, they usually get those sent out to you. Yeah. Um, but that's an important number. So just your little checklist. It's nice to have a travel credit card uh, with no international fees. I don't think we said that earlier. That's we a did. big one. We, we, I did. But. Okay. Yeah. No, zero international fees or you'll regret bringing a credit card. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but the credit card, tax file number, and then like open a bank account. And like, that's kind of the first three things. Yep. And then it kind of leads into the super, yes. I think, a little bit. So super accounts are really interesting because... And, and supers aren't necessarily something you have to worry about immediately. Yeah. It's really when you start being employed. Yeah. Um, because supers are basically Australia's version of a retirement account. Except like your, they work very, very fundamentally differently. <laughs> like your IRAs, your Roth IRAs, things like that. Your 401ks, yeah. like... There's multiple different kinds in in the U.S., but Australia, um, 
I don't know if they have other Kais, but they but the standard is the super. Yeah. That that is like a requirement that everybody has. Your superannuation fund. Superannuation fund. The reason why the Australian one is very interesting is because one the amount that goes in is is very interesting because in the US it's usually like a you choose what amount you want deducted from your paycheck to go into a an account which means you you technically wouldn't have to deduct anything if you chose not to the way a super works and the reason why you're required to have a like super identity for a lot of work is they take 10% of your gross pay and put that into your super on top of what you've earned. Yeah. So they don't take it out of your gross pay. They just take 10% of what your gross pay is and, and give you more. Yeah, so like whatever you're offered by your employer as your pay rate. So if you're making 30 Australian dollars an hour, like you will get paid the $30 an hour minus your taxes. Right. And then they will add to that the 10% before taxed, right? right? Yeah. So, so it's, you get $3 into your super account for every hour that yeah. you do that at $30 an hour. So like they're really they're trying to help their citizens really well to like set up yep. for being retired, which yep. is nice. Like that's that's a cool little system. Yep. I'm um, not saying it doesn't have its downsides. I'm sure there's right. something. But well, okay, so here is the downside, <laughs> um, at least from my opinion, the thing that makes it more complicated. The question that I'm sure a lot of people would be asking is where does that money come from? And it comes from the employers. Yeah. The employers carry the burden of the super for all of their employees, which is one of the reasons why it's so important that people set up their super because it like – they're like legally a lot a lot of companies are legally not allowed to pay you a paycheck yeah. until they have your super information so that they can um contribute to that fund yeah. and very important it doesn't matter if you are an australian citizen or not so we had to apply for super numbers mm -hmm. granted our situation is a bit different because when we leave we're not allowed to keep that super account open yeah which i was going to get into at some point was the idea that like unfortunately for backpackers so you'll end up if you work a decent amount you'll end up having a decent chunk of money in that super and it doesn't all go to waste but when you leave you have to essentially claim it as like a foreign resident leaving the country and they will and this is actually a relatively new law i think back in 2017 it changed like i said i financial person i like looking things up but it basically they changed the tax rate i think it used to be like 30 something percent now it's 65 percent yep they take from you when you leave so like if you have a thousand dollars in your super you're only getting like 350 dollars yep. um which, which is, is definitely unfortunate but lame. like basically australia's like hey we did this for our Australian citizens. Don't take all our money. Yeah, <laughs> and they just, like, much. get it back as Which, taxes. Like, to be fair, like, it's it, it, it feels unfair when you say yeah. it, but then you think about it, and you're like, I am essentially getting a 30... Uh, 35? 35. 35 yeah. I am essentially getting 35% more on top of what I've already earned for nothing. Yeah, it's like a 35% you really weren't... You entitled anyway yeah. too so it's like it is a bonus it's just it hurts to be like oh there's all this money that i don't get to keep you know it's like it's right there but it's oh no it has but, my name on it but not really uh, so like that's kind of painful yeah a little bit um 
but yeah the super thing it's really interesting just how seamless it is and like it just i don't know it's one of those things that and we'll talk about it more but i'm sure there's probably australian citizens that might disagree but it really does feel like the government here does try to set up systems that benefit the people really well mm-hmm. and i know like oh, i know there have to be if a boss of a company were listening to this podcast for any reason which like i guess my parents it's one of those ideas that like they would see it and be like oh that sounds horrible how that's right. like so much more it's money a huge burden and but i will say and i don't know if we've just had great bosses or what but i have never gotten the vibe from our bosses that they hate the system no it is like a yeah it's kind of rough that we have to pay this extra but like they almost seem happy for us yeah that we're getting extra money yeah like uh, the emphasis has always been on like hey you know make sure that you get our super in so that we can make sure that you get this money that is like meant for you yeah that is that is the vibe it is it is much less about like oh man i have this this extra burden and like if i could get out of it i would yeah it feels more like this is my duty as a citizen and i'm happy to see somebody else benefit from it yeah it's really it's an i'm just used to bosses trying to pick every little penny Mm -hmm. out out of things which should be fair (laughs) maybe it's because they don't have the same security nets that people here do and like maybe maybe there are systems that we're not even aware of yet that bosses have that keep them from yeah. ha- like dealing with a lot of that burden in a way that keeps them from being able to live you know their own best lives. Yeah, it could be because <clears throat> I know like the mentality very much is pay as little as you can and just have yeah that's just kind of the what the mentality is yep. pay your employees as little as you can in America is what it feels like and yep. then you get here and it's like. The pay's a little better, and they, which we'll get into later, but, and also, the bosses seem to enjoy paying you. Like, it just feels weird. I don't know why they're like that. I also, yeah. (laughs) We've we've just been kind of confused this whole time, because it feels, it just feels different. Yeah. Um, And, again, not to, like, dunk on American business people. It just, it feels, again, like there are, there are enough systems in place that nobody feels like their well-being is being threatened if they have to pay extra for things. Yeah. It's just like the mentality around it just feels different. Yep. Um, and like I said, I'm actually – that's one reason we're saving, like, the minimum wage topic for a whole other episode because, like, it's very interesting. And it, like – I think just comparing those two, and there's a lot of fears that, like, people have on minimum wages and stuff. So, like, I don't know. It's really been fun to observe. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And, again, we are not – we are not financial experts. This is we, not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> We're not economic experts. We don't have the full picture of yeah. everything going on in both the U.S. and Australia. These are the, these are very broad mm-hmm. observations from people who are part of the system, inside of the system, looking out. Yeah, and I just realized... If I give a trigger warning, I'm also going to have to be like, we are not financial advisors. I do not <laughs> think this is financial advice. <laughs> like, Maybe you can like speed up that in GarageBand <laughs> to make it just as fast as like one of those like drug ads. Yeah. Just to really mess with people, they'll like try to like put it on slow speed <laughs> to actually <laughs> hear what you're saying. Um, but yeah, that's, did we, do we have another big one we wanted to touch on? I think that's most everything. 
That is most everything. The one other thing that is kind of sort of related, but not really related, it's more of just like a an interesting systematic difference, was actually the Australian equivalent of the DMV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if we want to save that or we want to get into it right now. Because we, we're pretty good on time right now. I feel like we can hit this pretty quick. Okay, okay, we'll hit it. Yeah, it, this is honestly, if you've stuck around this long... Thank you. I think this is... One of the funnier ones. Because like, <laughs> there's a stereotype, right? Like, for oh, yeah. the DMV. It's in movie, like it's in cartoons. People, yep. the, the stereotype is so well. Even here, we've heard the stereotype talked about. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you des- describe kind of like the differences. Well, so, in America, in, in case you're in an area where the DMV is actually super efficient. Because there are some places, apparently. I, I, I saw a few things the other day that made me go, huh, there are places in the U.S. that actually know how to deal with that? Um, but, yeah, apparently there are some places in the U.S. that are actually very efficient at their DMV. Most places are not. Um, it takes hours to do anything. You show up, you take a number, and then you don't get called for the next four hours for something that should take five minutes. Um, don't ask me why. I have no idea why. That just seems to be a thing. Um, in Australia, apparently they had a system that was kind of similar previously. Yeah, that's what the lady behind the counter told me. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe it's DMV propaganda. Um, but they they changed the system about, like, what, five years ago or something like that? I have no idea. Um, it was, it was somewhat recent, I think. I think you're right. They changed the system... And I'm trying to recall the name of the office now. Uh, Okay, so in New South Wales, this was in New South Wales where we were having this, um, where where we were having this experience because we had to get, Jesse had to get his Australian license in New South Wales. Um, So I think it was called Service New South Wales. I think you're right. Um, And in New South Wales specifically, so I don't know if any of the other um, states in Australia have this issue. And have fixed it, or like I don't know what what their particular uh, situation is, but in New South Wales, we showed up. Um, we did not have a, a, an appointment. We showed up. We went to a little standing kiosk. We plugged in what we were there for. We sat down, saw the same kind of like, oh, this person's next. This person's next on like a TV, and we we're like, we like hunkered down to wait. And five minutes later, our number was called. Yeah, it's basically like you walked into McDonald's and yep. used one of those new little kiosks they have for yep. anybody that's tried it, and it was like just as smooth as McDonald's, except less options. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it easier. And then we just walked on up to the counter, and she was like, well, what are you here for? And we explained, and she was like, okay, I need you to fill out these forms. And, you know, that's like... To me, that gives me a pit of dread in my stomach because of the DMV, if they need you to fill out forms, it's almost like you have to take a second number and then do the whole waiting process again. And we're like, do we need to like get back in line once we finish? She was like, oh, no, just come come on up to the counter. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing already. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we went through the process. And, Jesse, I mean, you can, you can talk about how easy it was because you were really the one who went through with the whole thing. Yeah, because, I mean, what had to happen is we just got in the van and we – because they have changed this rule as well, uh, previously on a U.S. license when you traveled abroad on like a working holiday visa like we have, you would you your license lasted for quite a while as far as I know. Recently they changed that law. Now after three months you do have to have an Australian license. 
so I needed to get one um, because our mine was going to eventually run out. So that's why we were there. And I mean, like she said, there was a little bit of confusion on us trying to figure out: do we both want to get a license? Do I just want to get the license? Trying to figure that piece out. And then we decided she had to show us a couple things on the form how to fill it out. And within within probably half an hour, I had a temporary license. And then they just shipped it to a friend's house. Yep. And it was just like everything was just, like I said, just as smooth as McDonald's. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you have one of those McDonald's where they never have working ice cream machines. This was a working ice cream machine McDonald's. <laughs> That's what this was. <laughs> oh, man. It, it just it strikes me almost every single time we have to deal with something that requires a system how automated everything is Mm -hmm. and how smooth it is because i think i think i might have mentioned this in one of the previous episodes but one of our first experiences on a train was kind of shocking because (laughs) we bought the train tickets and as part of the train tickets you have to put down your information your names etc and when we got onto the train the person was coming through checking tickets and and we were we were like I was kind of dreading it just because I get nervous when authority figures talk to me. <laughs> and this person came by and just looked at us and went, Natalie and Jesse? And we were like, yeah, yeah. And they were like, okay, cool. And then they just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> they had our names already. And like, I don't know about you, the number of times that I have fill, filled out redundant forms <laughs> and then been asked to fill out another redundant form in the U.S. is just way too high. Yeah, to be fair... We did tell an Australian that that happened to us, and they're like, that's not normal. <laughs> like, they're so like, it might just be a city thing. I don't know. <laughs> they're like, I don't know why they called you by name. That's weird. <laughs> so I, it's hard to say. But it is one of those things. I, I, let, me give a, let me give America a slight benefit of the doubt because there is one slight – not even slight. There's one bigger issue that makes making things automatic a little bit harder. It doesn't – it's not an excuse, <laughs> but it makes it harder. And that is the fact that we are dealing with a lot more people in this America. This is true. This so, is very, very true. And we don't, we tend not to put a lot of faith or money in our state systems, yeah. which means that it becomes automatically more complicated because you're talking about, you know, millions and millions and millions of people versus just like, a couple million. <laughs> and there's also only like five or six states here. I can't remember how many there are. That could be totally wrong on that. But there's not, there are not near 50 states. I should know how many states there are at this point. And I am failed miserably <laughs> uh, with my, look, I'm into financial nerd stuff, not geography nerd stuff. Um, but, Good excuse. You really dodged it there. <laughs> that's it. Um, but it's one of those things too that like, even the things that need to communicate between states here, there's way less states that have to communicate with each other. So it's like if there are 50 states that might do things differently in America. So it's like they're constantly running into issues like that. Mm -hmm. So like there, again, it's not an excuse to not do things better, but it is a reason why things may be more difficult. And it's just one of those things that like order of magnitude really does influence quite a bit. And there's only five states in Australia, I'm pretty sure. I, again, I'm not. That you heard it. It's five. Coming from her. She had, yep, I didn't even and make Australian a guess. Australian is listening to this and <laughs> getting their torch ready to come find me. Um, although, I, honestly, I don't think they care that much. <laughs> oh, I hear They're them coming. Like, They're uh, coming down the road. I hear the mob. Ah, uh, um, ignorant American. It's totally <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hedge my bets and say five states versus fifty, which is literally a, a ten order of magnitude. So like. 
that's that's a lot. That's a lot of people yeah. and a lot of uh, a lot of different rules to deal with. Yeah, it's when you start looking up size of cities and the difference in population, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Australia, as far as I can tell, is growing pretty fast, and it's like really cool to see. But it is one of those things that like things are a lot more difficult when you have that many more people. So like I'll give them credit yeah. there. But I will say. Fun fact, I've probably already said this too, but the landmass of Australia <laughs> is roughly equal to the contiguous United States. Yeah. So, not including Australia, uh, Al- <laughs> not, <laughs> not including Alaska or Hawaii. Yeah. The landmass of the U.S. is almost is, is very close there, to, yeah. to Australia. So we're dealing with like roughly the same amount of land. Definitely not the same amount of people. Then you throw Alaska in there, and it's like, whoa, okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think that's that's most everything. Like I said, it you know if you come in, get a get a travel credit card, even if you don't use it much. Get your TFN number, get your bank account, get your super set up. You know all that stuff is just things to make your stay go smoother if you are staying long term. Yes. Oh, um, and also big pro tip: don't throw any documentation away. <laughs> yeah, probably hold on to it. <laughs> I, I, I've just had several moments where I've been like, oh no, I don't remember that number. I don't remember this number. I don't remember my credentials for this login. Because again, because everything is automated, yeah. there's an app for everything. Yeah, there really is. And I have to remember my login information for that stuff. So it's like, there's a lot of different pieces of information that you're not used to dealing with when you come into Australia and have to set up all these accounts. I have kept every single piece of paper that I've received and I've just tucked it away in a pocket of the purse. And that has saved me so many different times. Yeah, I still haven't fully set up every like different app that Australia has that will allow you to like automate everything. Yeah. Cause you can even have like a digital license. Like you don't even need your physical yeah. license. Yeah. You can get pulled over and just pull out your digital license and be like, this is it. I'm not carrying my license on me right now. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. So it, there's similarities and differences just like everything else. But yeah, I'll make sure, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll start the funky music now. So that I can be clear that I, I'll have to put a boring, uh, boring trigger warning at the beginning. I guess I'll be all the not serious trigger warnings, <laughs> and you'll be all the serious trigger warnings. Um, or you could just let them dive into this episode completely blind. I can't. That that whole. We did kind of give a whole disclaimer at the front end. No, they get it twice. And that <laughs> whole credit card conversation that was brutal. Yeah, it was. Like, it's one it of those things. It's like at least we're self-aware. Yeah, if you made it this far, you know, I, I applaud you. guys are real friends. Yes, real thanks friends. for sticking it out with us. Um, I think I had one more thing to say, but nothing serious. Anyway, hopefully we won't lose all our money and go broke. Um, <laughs> if, if we do, just sort of ignore this episode. Um, <laughs> because obviously we didn't we didn't adult right. Yep. There was, Strike it from the record. Um, but I, 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 think that's, I think that's probably it. Yep. Hopefully that that gives some people a little more information on what to expect. 
Yeah, I hope you guys are looking forward to the minimum wage episode. Oh, that one's going to be great, isn't wow, it? Wow, <laughs> what a great lead-in. This is gonna, It's going to be so controversial, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> doesn't have I just to know be. that a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions on the, on the minimum wage, so it'll be interesting to discuss that particular topic. Yeah, it feels like... It is interesting talking back with family that are in the U.S. right now going through, like, inflation and stuff. It feels like some of the changes that are currently happening in the U.S. are changes that Australia kind of beat us to. Yeah. And so, like, we might be seeing a post what the U.S. might look like in another decade or so. But again, orders of magnitude. How does that change? Yeah, it really could affect things. so. So we'll leave you with that question in your mind that you won't think about at all from here on to the end of your life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah and again thanks for joining us the next time we record i think we won't be in rock speed oh i remember what i was gonna say today is anzac day yes in australia which is an australian holiday and it's kind of like our memorial day maybe like fourth of july kind of thing but yeah, we actually went this morning to the dawn service. And it was really cool. It was. I enjoyed it. It was way too early. Like, just because. No, that would be disrespect. It's way too early. <laughs> I can respect people later. <laughs> like it's okay. But anyway, it was it was yeah, nice. It was cool. And there might be a, a few things that happened in that service that we unpack uh, at a different time. Yeah. Just because of different traditions and and different. Um, normal things uh, in Australia versus the US. But anyways, we've been listening to the funky music for quite a while. Oh, no! Okay, hear me out, guys. Oh, no. Hear me out. I'm going to stop the funky music at some point, and I'll give you something a little different this time because I can't make you listen to funky music that long. That's just... That was way too long. So, right now, I it's not going to be smooth jazz. That's more like middle episode transition, but you're going to get something. I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll look into it later, but yeah, you're totally right. I We funky musicked it way too soon. I'm devastated. Again. Oh, okay, but that'll happen. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day. We've got to come up with an outro. <laughs> I don't like... I, to, to happy travels, all uh, you travelers. Uh, happy trails. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, bye. Bye.